This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM, KGVO. Missoula's News and Weather Station. Hey, welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Glad to have you along on this Tuesday edition of Talkback. Talkback brought to you this morning by Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery. Authentic New York bagels and pastries all the way from Little Italy can be found right here in Missoula. Out at Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery, located on North Reserve. Also brought to you by Phillips Janitorial, where they offer residential and commercial cleaning. And no job is too big or small. So if you'd like a free estimate, call 406 260 617. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Okay, here we are. We have a regular production going on this morning. I feel like Yellowstone is in the building. But <laughs> right now, joining us in the studio this morning, we have our friend Bob Seidenschwartz. Good the, morning, Peter. The Montana World Affairs Council. Good to have you, sir. Oh, well, welcome. All right, and we have we have special guests here in the studio this morning with Ballet Beyond Borders. So, Bob, take it away. It's that time of the year again. Uh, it's good I, to have you guys back. Yeah, I look forward to this every January. And where is Charlene? I'm not sure. Okay, well, at some point we'll get her uh, showing up here because I just don't want to add, say, Don't ask me to play the part of Charlene. No, <laughs> um, but just a few words. I mean, we've been doing this now for, what, probably close to a decade? Right. And... The more time that I've spent with Charlene over the years, the greater my appreciation for her as a person. Uh, This is like, you know what, this is supposed to be faceless radio, right? And here we have a full crew in here, so this is great. We we have have cinematographers taking uh, what's what's going on here, so please go ahead. Just a few words. Charlene brings people together from all over the world. What she's doing and what she has done in terms of people like Ahmad and Roman, who was here today, and the dancers and such, is really, when you stop and think about it, an amazing feat. It is logistically a nightmare <laughs> to be able to herd all these cats and all these incredibly talented and, people. And you do it at the most interesting time of the year. Of course, January uh, well, It's Montana, usually the right. worst weather right. day of the year when we have Ballet Beyond Borders. And, and the folks who are coming in from uh, other parts of the world are going, wow, it's just like Christmas right. here, right? <laughs> so. but, but the real story, and this is something I have deep appreciation for, is the people that come here, their journeys their trials, their tribulations, and we have an opportunity now to be able to talk about this, to introduce these folks, and to have Missoula connect both on a very personal basis and, of course, with their great talent. So it's with great pleasure that I introduce Ahmad again back to Missoula. So welcome. Uh, And for those of you that may or may not remember, uh, this young gentleman is from Syria. He has an amazing story, and I'm going to start with something very simple. How are you folks doing? I mean, for people that don't know what's been happening with Syria and continues to, I'm going to ask you to bring us a little bit up to date, if you would. Yes, thank you very much for having me again. Like, I was here three years ago, and it feels two like... years, wow. Yeah, so it feels like uh, everything is familiar now in, in Montana and Missoula. <laughs> I love being here. So, yeah, the situation in Syria, like, I am very much connected to the situation in Syria through my family, of course. So I have calls with them almost every day. And, you know, the war has been there almost 12 years. And the the country is recovering in in terms of, like, different things. One of the things, of course, economy. So they are... I, it's hard to say they're very much struggling in Syria because like uh, not uh, so far uh, so far uh, long ago that Syria is now zero energy in the country so we don't have uh, basic uh, like basic needs for the so people th- so the infrastructure has been 
destroyed. It has not yeah. been rebuilt. No, there is no rebuild. No. Right. So a as an example, uh, during the course of the day, how often is the electricity even on? Well, I think it's never on unless you have a generator. Okay. <laughs> so you can get like an hour or two per day. And um, it is very difficult also hospitals and these kind of things. Like people, they cannot even warm themselves up now in the winter. So they're burning wood and stuff and people getting sick. My mom, every time on the phone, like, like she's, she's really like, once she was crying, she's telling me I'm cold. And I'm like, what can I do? Mm -hmm. I've been like supporting my family through my work, like, like almost 90% of my income goes to Syria to support my family. And that is not not enough when you see only my mom being supported, but the other families are also struggling. So it is really hard also with the uh, sanctions uh, on the country because, you know, governments, they don't really suffer from this. Who suffers from this are the people. More. Now, uh, Ahmad, tell us a little yeah. bit about your work. Ob yeah. Obviously, Ballet Beyond Borders, you're, you're a dancer, you're yeah. a, a choreographer, you do all these things. Mm -hmm. But you're doing much more than that. You're actually, you're representing your country, mm -hmm. you're representing your craft before the world. Well, first of all, like Ballet Beyond Borders gave me a voice through dance that I can tell about my country, about my background and share it with other people, especially here in Missoula, where everyone from all over the world, they come like as dancers and mm -hmm. like well-known artists. Also, bringing people do together doesn't matter what kind of nationality you have or what kind of background. Uh, through my work, I got very lucky to be like appointed as a high-profile supporter for the UNHCR Netherlands, uh, the refugee agency, and also international friend for SOS Children Villages, the children without parental care. So I'm involved a lot in this humanitarian work. It's just like just a payback for the help I got when I needed it. And just now, like since the last, when I was here three years ago and I, now here so a lot happened in between like so many big theaters in europe that i was uh performing on and that's that's i i think that's an elegant voice for somebody who wants to talk about his background and country to me you seem more relaxed than the first time we met you two years ago <laughs> yes and, and i'm sure that's a part of you establishing and becoming a a, a larger part of the voice of Syria, and, mm -hmm. and that's very obvious to me right now. Mm -hmm. So I'd like you to share with us a little bit from the time that we met you two years ago, really things were in such flux. Mm -hmm. So kind of what happens with this story in terms of how do you get settled in the Netherlands? Mm -hmm. And there's another part of this too, which is your dad's there. Yeah. And that was a real interesting part of what we last discussed. So we yeah. had a break coming up. Yeah, in about two minutes. Okay. Go ahead, please. Um, well, last time when I was here, I was still a stateless refugee and I had no passport and no nationality and no home, actually. Uh, but now I am a Dutch citizen with a Dutch passport and I have this uh, nationality and rights as a citizen, as a human being, recognized as a citizen in, in, in a country where I'm protected, loved and appreciated from the Netherlands. That gives me a great feeling to be able to be considered as a citizen like any other people, any other person. So, so I know we got to go to this break. Yes, here. So do. Let's, <laughs> let's do that because i got a very important question for you. So when the, the, we come back... I, I, I yeah. should have told these nice folks we're a commercial radio station, we take breaks. And so we're going to come right back with more mm -hmm. Talk Back Ballet Beyond Borders. By the way, the phone lines are open and I know Ahmad would love to take some phone calls if you'd like to, to visit, find out more about his story. The number is 721-1290. We'll be right back after this. One more reason. 
Unused prescription opioid pain medicines can spell trouble. They can spell risk if taken by someone they weren't prescribed for, harm if accidentally taken by a child or pet, or overdose if they're not used as directed. Safely dispose of opioids before they can hurt your family. Find a drug take-back option such as medicine drop boxes. You may find these in your community at local pharmacies or police stations. Visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Lorraine knew she wanted to adopt a teenager from foster care. I love teenagers. I think it adds an element of fun because you can really do activities as a family that everybody loves. The Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption believes you're never too old for family. More than 20,000 children in the U.S. are at risk of aging out of foster care without a family. Learn how you can help at DaveThomasFoundation.org. Okay, we are back on Talk Back. This is Ballet Beyond Borders, a special, a special edition of the Montana World Affairs Council on the radio, Bob Seidenschwartz. And Charlene is back in. We are so thrilled to have her back, Charlene Carey. And, and uh, it's good to have you. And now I know, Bob, you wanted to ask her a few things. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, Charlene, I want you to uh, talk a little bit about this amazing event that you've been working on for many, many years. And we were talking earlier about, of course, um, what you've done to help bring people together from all over the world. And no better story is than Ahmad sitting here right now. So the mic is yours. Uh, to just introduce the upcoming event and time and locations. Uh, Ballet Beyond Borders returns to Missoula, Montana. The last one was in Los Angeles. And here's a little interesting tidbit. The next one's going to be in a Havana, Cuba. So, you know, catch it in Missoula, Montana before we take our, you know, dog and pony show. Yeah, that's, 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 that's what I call a road trip. <laughs> well, I, the Cubans are at, literally in the air right now. They'll be here sometime this afternoon. Okay. Last time I talked to them, they were in Tampa. And while I'm looking at my phone, I see Milan is landing at 1149 if the fog clears. Um, but this year, we, there's uh, 30 or 35 or more countries participating online and um in person, and as usual, we're totally overwhelmed by some of the the more difficult visa situations. Always seem to prevail. Right. Right. They prevail. I mean, we have a, we have very we actually we only have one dancer from Mexico. All the young Mexican dancers and their families were denied visas. But you know, we've got we've got, the Cubans are coming, and we've the Russians are coming. <laughs> You've got people from Georgia, from yeah. Israel. Yeah, from, yeah, uh, yeah. Palestine, Palestine, Palestine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bob, you got to talk into a microphone, buddy. <laughs> Sorry about that. This is the UN right here. So this is truly the Montana World right. Affairs Council, bringing yeah. the world to Montana and uh, Montana to the world. So, uh, you know, when you're talking about these visa issues, what are the holdup or problems? Oh, that's that's a whole like oh, that, that's a book. Just just leave that one alone. But I mean, what you do need to know is show up and watch the competition Wednesday and Thursday in the theater. We start at ten in the morning. Uh, we have an open category which includes our Native Americans and all kinds of very unique um, traditional dances from around the world, including the Georgia Republic. And then ballet and contemporary are on Thursday. The big bang is the gala. Uh, Friday night at seven thirty. It's really a miraculous. Um, moment. They will, they will not bring a, bring, bring a box of Kleenex for that one. And uh, the Diplomacy Conference is Saturday a.m. We have women from around the world, and I mean our young women, talking about the rights in their country uh, for women. And um, that's at the UC Ballroom on campus at the Denison Theater. And all of our events are online at rmbt.org. Um, it's, it's thrilling to unite e 
through each other. Yeah. Now, now, Bob and Charlene, I, I think it's, it's very important to try to emphasize to folks in Missoula, maybe they haven't had a chance to tune in in years past to Ballet Beyond Borders, how big of a deal this really is, not just but to Missoula, but to all the dancers and performers and, uh, and the folks who are attending them uh, here in Missoula. Mm-hmm. No, Peter, that, that is the essence the very beauty of what Charlene and the people that have worked so hard over these, really this decade, to be able to do and to be able to have them here. And for you folks, Peter and uh, Nick, to open up your studio, uh, to be able to have this discussion is really something. I look forward to this more than anything each year. And you know we have some wonderful guests on this show. So I can't say enough for what Charlene has done and continues to do. Uh, you really are just an amazing asset for this community and for the people that you have brought from all over the world. I don't think we really have an understanding of what she has done to help them further careers, bring people together, build relationships, and, tr- and to introduce this community to these amazing people. So I say thank you so much. Well, thank you. And you better come see um, our beautiful girl from Brazil, from Sao Paulo, because now she's a University of Montana Grizz. Okay. Yeah. She's, All right. She's on. She's on a full ride to U of M. That is awesome. Yeah. Yep. Well, Charlene, thank you so does very she, much. Ciao in every possible language. Yes. <laughs> and thank you in English. Thank you, Charlene. All right. There you go. Okay. So we, we, let, let, let's continue our conversation with Ahmad. Obviously, uh, he, he was our first guest right. this morning, and we're just getting into his story. We had about four minutes. So before Charlene break. brings up several things in terms of visas. Not a simple process to get people to come here. Right. Tell us a little bit about your story because you get to the Netherlands and there's some issues. Mm-hmm. And, and once again, there's a difference between somebody who is an immigrant and a refugee. Mm-hmm. And if you would please extrapolate on that. Well, actually, like the first thing I, I should like people to question themselves, what is a refugee? What does a refugee mean? Right. They are they are forced a refugee is a person who forced to leave his country, who forced to, to leave his home, his family, and left everything behind to become a guest in certain other country until everything becomes fine in his country and goes back, right? But then that's what I see a refugee, somebody who needs protection, who needs help, who needs love. And it's not a different kind of a human being, right? right. So right. I don't understand why the artists... And um, if they are refugees, they are not allowed to have visas to to share their art while other people with a passport, they can have a visa. So I might would ask like systems or whoever in charge, just like maybe just look at that. Look at the reason why these people want to come together, because like art is a peacemaker, you know, like for me, the opposite of war is not is not uh, peace. It's creation. And if we can create together, we can come together, we can dance together. That's more important in my perspective than other things. So it should be taken as a consider- in consideration. Right. And, I, and I'm sure the uh, person or persons you have to speak with may say, that's a beautiful sentiment. Mm-hmm. But this is the rules. This yeah. is what we yeah. have to do if we're going to make and have some order to mm-hmm. the process. So... As you were going through this, what you just described to us, Mm -hmm. did that have any weight in the decision making or was it truly about, well, these are the rules, this is the process, and of course, this is what will decide whether you're able to come in as a refugee or not? Yeah, unfortunately, like now, for example, when we had in Europe the problem with the Ukrainian refugees and so this... 
like they were treated differently they were like welcomed which everyone should be welcomed as a human being but not like looking where are you from as a refugee <laughs> you know right so we we really care about how you look like and these kind of stuff i think the uh, harsh reality is that distinctions are made mm-hmm. if it's not stated publicly um the issue with russia and ukraine is elevated to a little higher level yeah than what and especially what's been happening in syria now has been going on yeah. for so long that unfortunately it does become because, a bit of a backstory it, it's become the status quo that, unfortunately. that's right yeah. that's right and, and with that we're up against another break we're going to come right back by the way the phone lines are open if you have a question or a comment we'd love to hear from you it's 721-1290 we're going to come right back after this time out meet ed movie buff animal lover safe driver five years of driving an ambulance teaches you a thing or two if people knew what i know lives could be saved When I see a car trying to rush past the turning bus, I get concerned. You see, when big vehicles turn right, they have to swing wide to make the turn. And that's a lesson you don't want to learn the hard way. When trucks and buses turn, let's you and I wait. It's It's our our roads. It's It's our safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. My name is Corporal Bradley Joseph Seitz. Jerry Reed. Kate Weber. These are real veterans facing a real challenge. I have PTSD. And I have PTSD. I have PTSD. Post-traumatic stress disorder can happen to anyone. I was still in a war zone in my mind. But treatment can turn your life around. Treatment has really saved my life. To learn about PTSD and how treatment can help you, call your local VA medical center or visit ptsd.va.gov. Yeah, we are back here on Talkback. 721-1290 is our number. Bob Seiden-Schwartz with the Montana World Affairs Council on the radio. I'm Peter Christian, by the way. Nick Christensen over there waiting to take your phone calls. Uh, joining us here in the studio is Ahmad Juday and a dancer and a choreographer. We're continuing our, our conversation. Ahmad, when you visited two years ago, mm-hmm. um, you go to the Netherlands and you see your dad. Mm-hmm. You have a story that that was a strained and a difficult relationship for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. Where is that relationship today? How's your dad doing? And how is he integrated into the society and the culture? So just tell <laughs> us what's going on. Thank you for asking. Yeah, my dad is doing well. Um, he lives now in Berlin in a house like uh, on his own. He's in contact with his wife and uh, his two little girls. And they're doing great. I visit them from time to time. I go spend time with him. Um, he also, like, just like any other person in Germany, st- not able to find the future because they are already the past, <laughs> you know? Right. Like, he's he's not uh, 30 years old. He's, like, uh, almost 60, and he's by himself. He's drawing. He's doing what he loves to do, and he's in contact with the family. We are all very happy because my sister got a little child two days ago. Okay, <laughs> so congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. Great. Thank you. So everyone is happy now. We, we were very worried about her situation being pregnant and needing an operation in a country where no electricity almost. So we were very, very worried. And that made me also think of other people like other women, like pregnant women or or like any situation for a person there who's uh, struggling from this situation and thinking about women it brings me also to my performance that i wanted i want to perform now in the gala and bbb it is for the iranian women who are fighting for their freedom i feel them and i i went through their pain with my sister and my 
mother also in 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 Syria with fighting for their freedom, you know, wearing hijab or not wearing hijab, it's her own right. own decision, you know. So, yeah, unfortunately, the, that part of the world is going through so much so much problems, so many problems. And um it just like breaks the hearts because like you can see so many people who are well educated who are hungry for life who are artists and they just need opportunities and opportunities are not divided equally what are some of you grew up there mm-hmm. what are some of the cultural impediments mm-hmm. for women to not be able to have these opportunities as you say mm-hmm. they want everything that anybody else has yeah. or desires. Uh, we've had Dr. Miradad Kia, uh, who's Iranian, on many a time on the show uh, to talk about what's happening in Iran. So we have these discussions here in Missoula. Mm-hmm. We, we, we gather as a community, the World Affairs Council sponsored an event that was standing room only mm-hmm. that had women from Iran or experts in to talk about that because we need to understand to be connected. It's not just an event of 8,000 miles away. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to say to the Missoula community of why this is important for us to know this And is why, why they should come? Because, yeah. like, I, I think, like, as a Missoulian woman, if you look around you and see how the privilege you live in comparing to an Iranian woman or a Syrian woman, you can realize how lucky you are. Talk about those privileges. What what <laughs> are those differences? The differences is like, for example, in Syria, the woman, she belongs to her husband. She's a property she, to be owned. Legally and or just as culturally or as culturally? Culturally and religion also wise, religion right. wise. So uh, the woman, she cannot even talk if her husband not around in Saudi Arabia, for example. And uh, that's because of the religion. But like, for example, in Syria, my mom is a very strong woman who refuses to wear hijab, who who refuses to sit at home and just wait for her husband to feed her. So she worked all that, her that life. That created some interesting moments. It did. It did. She yeah. got divorced when I was 17 okay. just because she has her independent Uh, personality mm-hmm. and she wanted to support her son for example me and my brother and sisters w- sister we are all stateless even though we have a syrian woman and why because women in arab countries they cannot give their kids a nationality they be- belong to their father so that's why i'm stateless from a syrian mother which is ridiculous so women here they give their kids nationalities they can decide for their um, underage kids, what, what, what they want them, uh, what kind of school, what kind of life. But for us, no, your father decides. And if your father doesn't understand, and unfortunately is from less educated or whatever situation, then your life is gone. When we come back, we have a break. Mm-hmm. I've got 472 <laughs> additional questions along <laughs> this topic. So we'll come back from this. We, we, we right. have about a minute. So yeah. if, you, if you want to go ahead. I, and I wonder, there's a distinction also with people that may grow up in rural areas mm-hmm. or some of the urban areas in terms of degrees of education and economic background as well. So I want you to think about that when we come back so you we can maybe flush that out a little bit. Yeah. 
All right. We just want to say thank you to uh, the folks at Ballet Beyond Borders for making this possible. We had no idea there's going to be such a production today, but we're glad to have everybody here because the more people that see this, uh, not just happening in Missoula, Montana, but through this uh, this video that's being made perhaps all over the world uh, to really raise awareness of what's going on with Ballet Beyond Borders and, and also with Ahmad and with Roman as well. So we're going to come right back after the top of the hour with more of Ballet Beyond Borders on Talkback right after this. This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM, KGVO, Missoula's news and weather station. And welcome back, everybody. It is our number two of Talkback, a very special edition of Talkback this morning, the Montana World Affairs Council, but also Ballet Beyond Borders. And it's sponsored this morning by Phillips Janitorial. Whether you have a residential and commercial cleaning, no job too big or small. Get a free estimate at this number, 406-260-6617. And also brought to you by Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery. For all your New York favorites, Bob knows, uh, Lox, New York Cheesecake, Cannolis, they've got it all at Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery, located on North Reserve. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Glad to have you along. I'm Peter Christian to Christensen over there, poised over the over the uh, the phone to take your phone calls. We've got open lines here, right? Yes, Just as do. a reminder, so uh, we have more lines than yeah. we ever had before. Yeah. So there, there, there you go. Bob Seiden Schwartz here in the studio with the uh, Montana World Affairs Council, but we are also uh, we're also talking with Ahmad, Ahmad Jude, and uh, we're continuing his conver- our conversation with him. So go ahead, Bob. We were, you were talking about uh, women mm-hmm. and what rights, privileges, and what we've, what we've built for ourselves here. From your perspective, what do you want to say to the uh, women here in Missoula in terms of, do we have a responsibility? Where do we lend our voices to others? Because if we're strong and we give that to others, I would think that we get something back from that that's better for our our entire community so uh, what is that thought that message that you want to say to missoula women um like first of all i want to thank all the missoulian women i know because they are hosting for uh, one of my um students from syria she's a woman and she's participating this year in ballet beyond borders and she's hosted by missoulian women they are so nice and i was in the car with also a friend a missoulian mother who also adopted a little uh, girl, uh, 10 years old, uh, and she brought her to her house. So I see that they are opening their houses to just give love and protection. And I appreciate this so much. And I want to tell them, like, you, you are amazing and you are lucky for having the power to do so. Like, for example, now I just want to give my voice to the Iranian women who are fighting for their freedom just to be able to wear or not wear what they want to wear as covering their hair. Like Mahsa Amini, she was killed just because she didn't wear the hijab properly by the police or by the government of Iran. And that's what started everything. I have so many friends who are amazing singers like Azam Ali, uh, Mahsa Wahdat, they are, and uh, her sister, they are um, amazing singers who cannot even be in Iran because singing for women is not allowed. And I'm using Azam Ali's music 
for this performance that I will perform in the gala. You, you said mm -hmm. singing by women mm -hmm. is not allowed. I mean, there, no, is Iran, there no. no outlets for public appearances? Um, well, how, I, I just having a hard time thinking that yeah. that is the, the, not the case. The, re the reason that I, I'm so incredulous over here is mm -hmm. that uh, uh, it, in this country, mm -hmm. the, the concept of what you're saying here is so far beyond the experience of any American woman over the last, what, 150 years mm -hmm. that uh, it, it's very difficult for us to be able to to conceptualize exactly what you're thinking, what, what you're talking about here. So if you could just share a little bit about what you've seen on the ground. Yeah, what I've seen, like, I am in very much contact. I am from Syria. I grew up there and I've seen how my mom is fighting just to be herself, just to be a woman who works and provides for her children. And she was called several like bad names for her just having to rent a house and have her children around her without be, being a divorced woman. So, for example, this is my family situation. So imagine how many people are suffering, suffering from this. And like, um, I know it's, it's, it's so good that you think this is, oh my God, this is, we cannot think about it. That's great because you're lucky you cannot think about it. So give it like this. <laughs> but what, what I ask people here just to think about this, trying to, like, try to look and see what our other people' life looks like, you know? Just be aware of your privilege, be aware of your freedom. So many of our young people mm -hmm. are tied to this, right? Yeah, the phones. This, this, this yeah. is all they have, and, and uh, very often, that's their world. That's, that's the, and, and the nice thing is you can see the rest of the world through this, but mm -hmm. most often they, they choose not to. Our mm -hmm. worlds are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And the reason you're here today talking on KGVO, uh, of course, you're also on our website, uh, on our app, all over the world, people can hear what you're saying. This is really important for people in this country to begin to open up their eyes a little bit, especially the young people, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and, and how, because you're, you're a young man. So uh, tell us how you would like to influence the people here in Missoula, the young people in Missoula, to be able to see what's going on in the rest of the world. Well, for me, freedom is a choice, to be able to have a choice and to make a choice. This is freedom. So if you have this freedom, would you just choose to look a little wider than what you are looking in your phones or in your social media platforms or something because social media it feeds you what they want you to look at mm -hmm. depends where you are right and depends what you like on the algorithm and these kind of stuff so try to just research it's so easy just type something about you are interested in and you will see what is happening uh, in different worlds that makes you love who you are that makes you appreciate where you are so it's good for you to do that so we come back from this break. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you, how often do you speak to high school students? Has that been a part of your life in addition to all else that you do? Because it appears that that would be a very important part of mm -hmm. reaching that generation mm -hmm. to start planting those seeds. So when we come back from the break... Mm -hmm. We'll let you talk about it. You bet. That. We're okay. going to come, come right. But by the way, all the phone lines are open. In case you're wondering, this, this is Talkback, and we'd love to hear from you this morning at 406-721-1290. You can also, by the way, we also have the KGVO app, and we have the Message Us button on that app. We'd be happy to take that message, pass it along to Bob and Ahmad or Roman. We're going to come right back after this time out. 
Okay, we're back. This is Talk Back. Uh, the Montana World Affairs Council continues uh, on the radio here on KGVO. Uh, joining us here in the studio is Ahmad Judeh, and it's all part of Ballet Beyond Borders. You just asked a very in- uh, intriguing question uh, off mic, Bob, with Ahmad, uh, about, about young people and the fact that here in Missoula, we have a very active school system, Missoula County Public Schools, and we have the technology to help bring all this into the classroom. That's right. And, and to Peter's observation, it's one thing to pull out that phone and all the different technology that's available to us, but there's nothing that replaces mm-hmm. a personal, interactive type of conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we can do in this community. And I just offer it to you mm-hmm. and we'll follow up to make sure that we could set something up to where, whether you're here or in New York or the Netherlands, mm-hmm. We can have this conversation and should with our students. Because I had asked you if you yeah. actually do speak to students, and I think your answer is... Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, um, I'm lucky enough to have my dance to take me places and to share my story with people. Right. And you see how it is inspiring for people to hear a sto- valuable story, let's say. Away from me as a person, the story is, is a valuable story that I dedicate my life to to bring it to people, to help them getting like more information, educated about other people and about the different world. That's why I wrote my book, Dance or Die. And it is available here in America since actually a year or two years it's uh, published here in the America. Where do and you get the book? Is it on Amazon? Uh, everywhere. everywhere. Amazon, Google, wherever. Just type Dance or Die Ahmed Jude, mm-hmm. and then you will reach the book. There I talked about like the details of my story and I decided to do this because I knew how the impact that my story gives people. Because when I moved here in the beginning to Europe, I mean, leaving Syria, I was, I thought that's normal for everyone to live the life I did. <laughs> but then I was surprised, like, oh, no, <laughs> that's a different way. If uh, anybody has seen some of your uh, films, documentaries, mm-hmm. uh, living your life as this is normal, is there's a, I remember a scene where you're dancing on a mm-hmm. rooftop. Yeah. And yeah. as you can see, the city below, mm-hmm. it's bombed out. Yeah. That's not normal. Yeah, I know. And maybe... As, it's, as you it's say, basically grow, a beauty among the ashes. Right. right. As you grow mm-hmm. up in that, you, we, we have this amazing capacity to think of what is normal or we adjust to it. Mm-hmm. But in our hearts, we know it's not. And I had the choice. I had the choice to or grieve and be sad and do nothing and get killed somewhere or to keep believing and doing what I am doing. And, and I'm sorry mm-hmm. to, to interrupt you, but doing what you were doing was not mm-hmm. easy in Syria. No. <laughs> A male, mm-hmm. a dancer, um, not exactly a part, especially ballet and the dance that you were doing, not a part of the culture, yeah. not very well accepted. And yet your story of your mom gave you, yeah. I'm making a bit of an assumption, yeah. that strength, yeah. that recognized in you <laughs> talents and beauty and drive. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Because it's not like, hey, here's a football or a soccer ball. Get out there and play, kid. <laughs> no, I didn't like football. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, being a ballet dancer, like a male ballet dancer in a, in a refugee camp for stateless refugees who hardly have access to education to be able to read and write, how do they get education about ballet? So that was very challenging, especially also when, well, my father was against me and then the war broke, up, broke in in Syria and I had ISIS wanting my head so that was very very difficult but what I had is belief 
I had hope in my heart and that's what kept me going. And I kind of pictured this moment where I am dancing all over the world when I was still there between the rubbles. And that's why I learned English there and I was mm-hmm. being prepared for the opportunity to come to grab it and to take it. Because to see your, your place is something, but to take your place is something else and to remain in your place and protect it is something even more important. So... It, all these difficulties encouraged me more and more and more. And I just wanted, and the only thing I cared about is my opinion about myself. Just to be better than who I am today, I want to be better tomorrow and better and better and Where better. Where did this sense of self come from? I mean, did you hit 12 years old and all of a sudden this blossoms? Or were you a, it, a stubborn, no. strong-willed little kid from the get-go? Because it just knew the course of life that you were on. It's the complexity of belonging. Mm. Like when I... I just didn't feel I belong anywhere and I wanted to belong to where I feel I belong or I exist is when I'm dancing. Doesn't matter on a stage or in a street or on a rooftop. There where I feel myself existing. And by the way, I have book signing session this evening. Where is it? At uh, 6 a.m. Uh, 6 p.m. on something with a Z like uh, Higgins Avenue. Um, no, no, the other one. The, the bookstore. Zoo. Sounds like how many syllables? <laughs> well, I'm, not very, I'm not very good with names, but you can find this on the okay. website. Too. It, 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 it might be fact and fiction. It I'm could, not sure. yeah, yeah, which is downtown Missoula, right? Yeah, right, yeah. I believe. Yeah, center. Or something you know, like I, mm-hmm. I'm hearing a story that is just uh, here reaches mm-hmm. across all borders, which is people want a place of self, of belonging, yeah. of acceptance, mm-hmm. and this is a struggle that everybody has throughout mm-hmm. their life and at various times. Who were your mentors? I know your mom. Was yeah. one. Who else was a mentor that said, "Hey, kid, come here. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to talk. Uh, yeah. Don't don't listen to that." I unfortunately didn't have this. I had only my mom to teach me how to be very, um, let's say, stubborn about my dream, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because right. she is one. Uh, I just imagined I have the younger Ahmed, five years old, in a little room in my core of my body, and I wanted to take care of this little child within me, who is me, five years old advising this little child and protecting him. So just the connection with your inner child. Just advise yourself if no one is advising you. Protect yourself if no one is protecting you. Help yourself. And this is something that carries you through to the present, Mm -hmm. which our privilege is having this conversation with Mm -hmm. you. So now you're a citizen of the Netherlands. Mm Uh, your dad is in Germany, your mom is still in Syria. Mm-hmm. Is there any chance or opportunity, or does she want to leave Syria? She would love to visit, but she doesn't want to be a refugee. She okay. said to me, why would I be a refugee? I have a home, and I'm remaining there as much, as, much as I can. Right. Not everyone wants to be a refugee. Right. I'm thinking of Tom Petty for some reason. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Always a musical mind. Peter. Yeah, yeah. Sorry yeah. about that. I'm yeah. an old DJ. What, yeah. what do you want? We're going to come right back. Seven two one twelve ninety is our number. It's Ballet Beyond Borders at both today and tomorrow, and we're just getting started. We still have about forty minutes or so. If you have a question or a comment, we'd love to hear from you this morning. It's seven two one twelve ninety. We're coming right back after this. Hello, this is Pastor. And we are back on Talk Back seven two one twelve ninety. That's the number. You know the number. Give us a call. We'd love to. Hear hear from you on Ballet Beyond Borders. Uh, that's our uh, spe- special Montana World Affairs Council on the radio edition both today and tomorrow. Now, Nick, we've got uh, a word from the app. What's going on? Uh, yeah, Katie had a question. and We actually already answered the first part of this, but she was wondering if you're working to get your mother out of Syria or if that's even possible. We didn't really answer that, but she was also curious about your brother and sister. Okay. 
Yes, well, thank you for your question. Uh, I am trying to get her uh, to get my mom a visitor visa, which I'm working on it to come visit me in the Netherlands. Uh, she will hopefully, if she gets the visa, then she can come for a month or two just mm -hmm. to visit me. And she's going back to be to stay with my sister and her little new child. And my brother also, he's teaching in the art school, uh, in the art university, the fine art university in Damascus, and he he teaches um, a fine art. And he has a little uh, child, a little girl also. He's married and has a little child. So they are doing well, and I'm supporting them in contact with them. Right. Like, like, any, like every artist and performer, uh, uh, you, you have a life that is outside your craft. Yeah. But, but when you are actually on stage, when, when you are in costume and the music is up and you mm -hmm. go on the stage... What are you thinking about, aside from your performance, which you probably already have memorized, right? Mm -hmm. So what are you thinking about as the audience is watching you and you're in interacting with them? What goes through your mind? I just feel like I am in a world of justice. I am in a world of uh, appreciating my body, appreciating the gift of life that I have and being feeling lucky that I am like visible with my art to different kind of people, different cultures and different countries. I just open my heart very vulnerable to, to, to the universe and do what I love to do, what I meant to be doing. And I just bow and leave. What, what kind of feedback do you get uh, after, after each performance? I'm sure it depends on where you are. Mm -hmm. But what's, what's the average feedback when people come up to you and begin to talk with you, realizing that you're a dancer from Syria? Like, for example, the last time I performed before I come here uh, yeah, a month and a half ago, I performed in Den Haag in La, The Hague. I performed this piece for the Iranian women and I didn't know who are the audience, of course. And then uh, that woman, she came backstage and she like bowed to me and she stayed in this position for like, I don't know, 30 seconds. And she was crying and she was like, thank you for doing this. Like the music I'm dancing to is Iranian and they understand it like not anyone speak Iranian right so but now I have uh, subtitles in there so you can understand what is in there so I she was crying and she did this and I felt like wow I was like very like uh, uncomfortable with this situation because for for somebody from that side of the the world like powing that's a very big gesture you can like to power for somebody you can do and yeah I get a lot of uh positive uh, feedbacks. I love that. I love that I can be very clear in, tr in transmitting what I want to the audience. I, I wonder if you know how fortunate you are uh, to, <laughs> to, to be able to uh, uh, receive that from people. Because most of us, we, we get up, we go to, we, we, we do our jobs, mm -hmm. we, you know, we cut meat, we fix cars, we do whatever we do. Mm -hmm. But in a situation like yours where you're traveling all over the world and you're literally meeting mm -hmm. different people every single day, mm -hmm. that, that has got to be something that you treasure. It's, it's, a, it's a blessing that I have. I am very lucky. I am very thankful and grateful for my life. I would even relive the same life I had, even though it was very <laughs> difficult and challenging and dangerous. But the, the, the thing is about knowing what you are what you are meant to be doing in this life. What, why do you exist? What is your value? What is your purpose? And if you find this and you do it, then you will, you will feel lucky. You will be changing people's life. You know, the purpose for life. And some people are this in, this, in here, in this life, to help other people to reach their purpose. It's not that you are not with, with a purpose. 
Your purpose is to help others to reach their purpose. So that's what we need first to understand. Why are we alive? What we meant to be doing? What, what is our purpose? And I'll, I'll bet if you were to ask any true artist, whether a musician, dancer, uh, a painter, whatever, uh, that, that would probably be a, a, an emotion that would be springing up from them whenever they talk about their craft. I did, the, the, I did say uh, last time uh, to the dancers in uh, BBB, I said, it's not about what you dance, what kind of dance do you do, it's about why do you dance? Mm -hmm. What do you do with your art? Right. What are you giving to the world? What, what is it given to you? That's what you need to find, your artistic identity and what is your purpose. So I, I, as I'm listening, I'm asking myself, has what you have accomplished, what you've done, your message, has this reached your family in Syria? Because earlier you were clear that this was a strained situation mm -hmm. for many reasons. Has any of that changed with some of your family members recognizing what you have done and given back? Uh, I'm very happy that my family, they see how uh, I'm determined to being myself in different situations and they support that because they see powerful, strong person. And that's what every parent would love to have in their kids right. or in their children. Unfortunately, I am not appreciated by the Arab countries. Unfortunately, I, it breaks my heart every time I do an Arabian interview with the comments I receive, like one of the comments, why, how could he survive our knives? Like, seriously, seriously. So this kind of stuff I receive, but I don't focus on it because I am appreciated here. And that's more than enough for me. Right. I would love if some Syrian thing or Arab thing recognize me for what I do, but it's never the case. As they say, but when, hope, uh, hope, hope springs right. eternal, right? Of and course. makes them uncomfortable. There was a beautiful <laughs> moment in the film with your dad and yourself. Mm -hmm. How has his heart changed as his relationship with you now is? We are friends now. We, we, he, he doesn't know me. I grew up in a different situation. I grew up independent and I'm taking care of the family he made. I'm taking care of mm -hmm. the wife he took, of the kids he made. So I, mm -hmm. we have this kind of situation i appreciate him i respect him he's my dad and i don't know if we will ever become a dad and son but we are friends we're good we're in peace right well ahmad it's been a great pleasure having you again thank you really thank you very much i appreciate the update and see how you've grown it means a lot to be here again you bet. <laughs> and it, it's our very great pleasure to have you thank you very much All thank right. you thank you Ahmad. we we thank are going to take another break and we have roman bakas going to join us as well uh the ballet much. beyond borders continues this is talk back and a very special edition if you have a question or comment we'd love to hear from you so we're coming right back with another guest after this Data shows that after a child turns nine in foster care, they are much less likely to be adopted. But the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption believes every child is adoptable. Families, if you're able to let your hair down a little bit, there's a lot to learn from teenagers. The clock is ticking for teens at risk of aging out of foster care. Learn how you can help at DaveThomasFoundation.org. And we are back on Talk Back, 721-1290. Hey, Bob! Roman. <laughs> Bob and Roman, come on. Here we go. 
Uh, we are back on Talkback. 721-1290 is our number. It's, it's the Montana World Affairs Council on the radio, of course. A little bit less formal now that the uh, TV cameras uh, are, are, are gone. We can be, I can slouch. <laughs> I don't want to slouch around a Marine, though. That's that. <laughs> My mother was a drill, a drill instructor in the Corps. So Wait, what? Yes. I need to hear about this. My, 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 my mother was a drill instructor in uh, World War II. And uh, she was about five feet one. She had a brown belt in jujitsu, and <laughs> she was a powerful force. <laughs> what was your experience as a child growing up with a drill instructor? I can just imagine. Well, we, we had an ordered household. My, my father actually retired. They were both in the corps together. And uh, when, when, I, when we came along, my mother retired ah. uh, to have us. And so uh, we, we, we lived in a pretty interesting household. Uh, Did you have 5 a.m. wake-ups with the trash can lid and no, the spoon no, banging no, to wake no, you no. up? <laughs> but, 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 but I will say there was... Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Take care. Uh, I, I will say it was, it was fairly strict. And uh, so, yeah. That's amazing. But I, I, well, my I, best to your parents. I, I, I miss her. Yeah, she. Uh, both my parents are gone now. So anyway, but uh, I'll, I'm sorry, Bob. Let me let me get you turned up. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, uh, Peter, we just uh, transitioning here. We have a special, <laughs> Boy, <are> we? <laughs> another special guest. And uh, for people that couldn't hear off air, uh, we've got two of our Marines here. Uh, one that served and one that served as well because your mom and dad yes. were in the Corps. So, right. uh, so it's a story that often I've heard and still trying to get my head around. <laughs> Little Peter, get up, do, and take care of business, son. And you've... Um, it, it's she is with you every day, Peter. Yes, yeah, she certainly is. Yeah, yeah. So, Peter, if you'd like to introduce our you next bet. guest here, Roman Baca is with us. Uh, the choreo choreographic collaborations with people affected by war is what uh, what we're talking about in this uh, portion of, of Ballet Beyond Borders. Roman Baca is a U.S. Marine War veteran and dancer. He founded the company Exit Twelve in New York to tell stories about the effects of war. He'll be speaking on the past and recent projects he's been doing with military veterans, people displaced because of war, also Navajo, Pueblo, and other indigenous peoples. So, welcome once again. Good to Thank see you. Thank you for having me. You yeah. bet. It's our pleasure. And welcome back to Missoula. So, um, we've got some precious time with you. Talk about how did you come to this place where you are sitting here today? Tell us a little bit about your story, your experiences that took you on your journey. I'll give you the rundown. I mean... Um I, I started as a dancer, like many of the students here at the Ballet Beyond Borders uh, conference in Albuquerque, New Mexico, doing musical theater shows, ballet shows on stage. And that took me to New York, where I worked as a professional dancer for a couple of years. But in the professional dance world, there isn't much of a social underpinning in the work that is done. And I wanted to contribute more. I wanted to do more for my country. I wanted to do more for those around me. And so I enlisted the United States Marine Corps. I ended up How old were you at that time? I was older. I was 26. Okay. All right. I spent eight years in the Corps with a deployment to Fallujah, Iraq in 0506, where we were running combat patrols amongst the local villages um, to basically look for insurgents. And if you can imagine, we'd roll out of the compound, ready to fight, armed to the teeth. And we spent our days aggressively and violently looking for targets. And what we saw instead were families going about their day-to-day -day activities and children running after our trucks, trying to get us to give them food or water or candy cameras, bars, right. can candy bars, right. absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And that experience of being the war and then coming back from war to the U.S. and seeing the ravages that war does to people, both psychologically and mentally, I wanted to do more. And so I started to put stories about war on stage. So what you did this as much to tell that story, I'm guessing, as well as to heal yourself as well. Absolutely. You don't come back from something like this not being affected to different degrees and your fellow brothers and sisters that fought with you. Um, only those families out of experiences know what that's like. I can only imagine, uh, but never truly know. Absolutely. I think for many veterans, it's taboo to talk about the effects that war has had on, on you personally, on me personally. My, my, my father was a, th- a three-theater veteran. He did, he did Korea, Vietnam, and World War II. And he, he won the Bronze Star twice. Never, never heard a single story about him in combat, ever. The radio audience is missing my astonished face. (laughs) So anyway, yeah. But not astonished. I mean, I didn't talk about the issues I was having coming home. Mm -hmm. I would just phone my wife driving home and tell her that I was just cut off by someone. And I wanted to employ those tactics I learned in war and run them off the road. And yes, I started to tell stories because I felt that people needed to see what war was like in a way that the media wasn't portraying. But looking back retrospectively, it definitely was an element that helped me to heal and to help my fellow veterans who were who experienced war. So Roman, was there, as part of this, was there somebody, we talked about this earlier with Ahmad, was there a mentor? Uh, was there some spark that happened for you? Because you, you said you were dancing prior to going in. So yeah, that that's pretty clear that that was I, already I, there for you. I would love to ask as well, that dynamic of being a dancer and then being a, a Marine Corps recruit going into boot. So did, did your physical experience help you in boot? Absolutely. I, I like to tell people that boot camp was not unlike taking a ballet class from Russian <laughs> ballet instructors who would yell at you, <laughs> smack you. Um, yes. And so <laughs> as challenging as boot camp is... I think I fared a little bit better because of the physical training and, and the discipline that ballet offers. Roman, I have long watched and understood when people are looking at what we love as athletics in this country. And I've said, you ain't seen nothing till you've tried to follow a dancer. Oh, uh, absolutely. The, the, the training, the physical demands, everything that goes along and with it's it. Con- the, it's constant. There's never right. any rest. The, the broken bones and body, I don't think unless you've experienced or have a willingness to open up to it, we can understand how demanding it truly is. And of course, you can go onto YouTube and you can see those things where they bring dancers and or they bring athletes into the studio, but they always put them in tutus and, and with a female dancer. But I want them to go on stage one time with a male dancer lifting ballerinas over their head or doing the dynamic athletic leaps that they do across stage just one time. We're going to come right back. We're we're up against the break. 721-1290 is our number. 1-800-568-5309. And we're going to come right back uh, right after this. Okay, we're back. This is Talk Back. Uh, Of course, a special edition of the Montana World Affairs Council on the Radio Ballet Beyond Borders. Let's continue with Roman. Uh, I I would be remiss again if I don't say thank you to Charlene, because without her and her amazing work, you're not sitting here. 
What she's put together with Ballet Beyond Borders yeah. is absolutely incredible. To bring the diversity of artists and diplomats, yes, all, often in the same person, to Missoula, to start these conversations, as you were talking about earlier, that are so important to have. Right. I, I, I don't overlook this, and I have great appreciation. There is an incredibly diplomatic part of what she does. When you're talking about trying to bring people out of war-torn countries, countries that we are not exactly diplomatically friendly with. I would not want to yeah. be the person that says no to Charlene. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you, she is a force of nature, and I've seen that stare. So uh, it's, uh, it's really, uh, things don't get done unless you have people that take great risk and are willing to push the envelope, and, and she has done that. And it's just an amazing opportunity for us here in Missoula. So um, you're here, back to your story. You grew up in Albuquerque. I did. And I saw from our little introduction, you mentioned Navajo, Pueblo, and indigenous people. You're a Native American person. Growing up, I um, there was such an influence of the Navajo, Pueblo, and indigenous people around Albuquerque. Right. Everywhere. Uh, from the Petroglyph National Monuments to the natural, or from the Native American History Museum, right in the center of Albuquerque. But it wasn't until a few years ago that my mother unearthed that my great grandmother was from the Santa Ana Pueblo in New Mexico. And so wanting to bring these two worlds together, we did a project in Albuquerque and in New Mexico sponsored by the New Mexico Arts Military Project and Keshet Dance Company. And what we did is we went into New Mexico and we went into centers all around the state. And we held workshops with Navajo, Pueblo, indigenous people, with civilians, um, with veterans. And what we were able to do is bring together all of these voices who had had such a spectacular history. And with the Native Americans who serve, it's often a conflicted history of serving in a uniform that has perpetuated such horrors on the population of indigenous Pueblo and uh, Native American people. And so we wanted to tell that story. Did, and you, so did, the, you, did you have any pushback from, from, from the tribes uh, because of your service to your country? We had arms welcome us in. And... At our first dance workshop in Albuquerque, working with the Native Health Initiative, which is an initiative started by a Native American doctor who wanted to help their community by going out on runs and, and using health and physical fitness to, to help others. We had 50 workshop participants of all ages, from young children all the way up to grandmothers and grandfathers. And we were able to collect all of their stories and put it into this wonderful dance work we call Kiva, talking about how the community brings warriors in, and especially after combat, and uses community, not only to bring them back into the population, but to help them heal together. Roman, this is, uh, I don't think many of us understand in the non-Indigenous community that the great tradition of warrior service has continued to be reflected in U.S. military service. I know in Montana, a disproportionate amount of the people population-wise but serve in the military. 
And this seems to be something true across many different regions of the country. So We, we have a very faithful listener to this show, Colonel Tim Gardepi, right, uh, right. who is Native American and uh, calls our show all the time. So go ahead. Sorry. Well, Colonel Tim will probably tell you that the Native American community nationwide per capita is one of the largest right. groups that serves. And yet we have this bifurcation, as you point out. That's a, that's a whole history and discussion unto itself. But nevertheless, you said something that really struck me. Warriors go out, whether it's in past times or modern times, but the community acts as a healing agent. Something that is not, to my knowledge, and correct me if I'm wrong, really a part of what we have. There are other groups of military people. They help, they bring their brothers and sisters in. But as a community... It's almost like, well, you're in the military, you go off to war, you come back. What are you doing today? Right. Uh, very different structure. And also, your attachment to dance is very much a part of the history and the culture of your people. Absolutely. I think we can look back not only at Navajo, Pueblo, indigenous, Native American cultures to look at the connection between warriors going off to fight and coming back and brought back into the community using art and music and dance, but we can look at other tribal and ancient cultures across the world that did the same thing. And in a small way, we're trying to do that here with the work that we are doing. So, Roman, some of the takeaways from this, my mind is spinning. When I think about this, does this also help give a deeper connection to as a community and as a people, before you send your young men or women off to war, does it provide a deeper sense of the implications of this and not just what appears to be this sterile, you're in the military, you go off to war, you come back. It strikes me as there's something different here that says, whoa, we understand this at a much deeper level, the effect on others as well as ourselves. From my research and from my experience, the Native American, Indigenous, Pueblo, and Navajo communities were incredibly intelligent in the way that they got together to, like you said, send their warriors off to war with a lot of support and a lot of love and then welcome them back in just like they had sent them off. Oh, right. I, I will. I, I, I can because my brother served in the army and uh, I was the only one that didn't for various reasons. But... I, I will say that what you're describing, I think my brother would have would have just killed for uh, because when, when he went, it was because he had nothing else to do. Right. And when he came back, uh, it was the Vietnam era, obviously, and uh, he actually served in Korea. Uh, and, and when he came back, uh, it was it was, oh, oh, you're back. You know, th that sort of thing. So there, 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 there's no tradition of welcoming and loving and, you know, re-entering the family or having a ceremony or, or whatever it might be. It's just, oh, you're back. Go get a job. Yeah. And we've been doing arts throughout the world. And what a wonderful mechanism to imbibe all of what you were talking about, the love, the community, the welcome, the healing through this medium in so many different ways where people can connect, they can rediscover themselves, they can rediscover their power for love, for connection, for relationship building, and then they can open it outward to others. With that, we're going to take another break because our, our last break, 721-1290, that's our number. If you have a question or a comment for Roman, he's with us this morning. Uh, for the last eight minutes, we're going to come right back right after this. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. 
I joined the Navy to serve my country while parachuting with my platoon. My parachute didn't open. I broke my neck. Thanks to PVA, paralyzed veterans are getting specialized medical care and treatments, the jobs they want, and the accessible vehicles and homes they need. I just don't think my family would be as happy as they are without the support that I received from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Learn more at pva.org. No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects, big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Okay, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. The last seven or eight minutes here. Uh, Bob Seidenschwartz here in the studio with us. Uh, the Ballet Beyond Borders. And, of course, uh, Roman Baca joining us as well. So go ahead, Bob. Uh, Peter, you brought up uh, earlier use of the phone and technology and, uh, you know, the apps. Uh, right. What that is. And I'm sitting here listening to Roman. And I'm thinking... Sure, this is all filled with information and visuals and such and, you know, keeps us in touch with each other. But something's missing and something in, something the arts do and embrace our being with is very different than that. So with people in the military and others, what are you doing with young people to help reach and introduce them to the arts to draw them a little bit more into the humanistic side? I think one of the most amazing opportunities that arts gives is the opportunity to bring people together who might not otherwise come together. And that's one example, bringing youth together with military veterans and creating a dance work or bringing families together, both those who served in the military and then their loved ones together. And maybe they do a painting workshop or they do a theater workshop and suddenly they're able to connect on a level they weren't able to connect with before because they're sharing parts of themselves that they keep hidden. They're sharing stories that they never told. Uh, so I, 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 my niece got married uh, in New York this uh, past uh, May. Congratulations. Now, my wife will always say, you know, Bob, you're a pretty good dancer, but you don't show it. And and I'm like, yeah, I can kind of do it. So something happened. I get out there on the dance floor with my niece, and they were playing this Latino music, and it just came out. I come back and sit down, and my sister looks at me, and she goes, where the hell did that come from? And my wife so goes, So well, you, you were La Baba. I was La Baba, yes. <laughs> but, you know, I, I will just share that that's a part of me that I do kind of keep under wraps. But when the opportunity is there, it's just fun. And I'm sure many other people have these moments in their life. You're helping others and us make this more common. I think the listeners missed Bob moving his shoulders in a rhythmic <laughs> Latin, Latin, Latin rhythm. And it was amazing. Yeah. He's a, an incredible dancer. Um, but you're right. I think, you know, what we're doing here at Ballet and Beyond Borders with all of this stuff is just encouraging people to connect on the multiple levels with which we're engaging. There are talks about interesting subjects like the work I'm doing, like the work Ahmad is doing. There's a researcher coming who's going to talk about dance and Parkinson's. There's performances on stage that open up the world internationally and share stories from Italy, Pakistan, Africa. Right. right. And so I, I encourage your listeners to come along and just engage at whatever level they're comfortable. Now specifically, what, what, what will you be doing uh, at the performances? 
So I'm here for a couple of things. I'm giving a talk at the University of Montana today, their Molly program, their right. mm -hmm. um, continuing education program. Um, I'll be judging some of the choreography performances that are going on. I'm giving a dance workshop on Thursday to talk about how to use the body, movement, gesture, and imagery to awaken imagination. Um, and then I'm uh, giving a talk alongside a lot of other colleagues and researchers at the diplomacy conference uh, to end that ends right. the week. Yeah, Roman, none of this comes without support financially. So over the years, where has that support come from? And is that still a struggle at times in terms of being able to present, travel, and follow through with the multitude of things that you do? Arts is challenging nonetheless. Uh, fundraising for the arts is hard enough, but yeah. convincing funders that the arts and the military is a viable and important venture to fund is really, really hard. But I'm, I'm, I'm excited to tell you, we got our first national grant uh, for 2023. We're going to be presenting a new workshop in collaboration with military veterans and war refugees on the deck of the USS Intrepid Air, Sea, and Space Museum in New York Harbor. And then we're working with two people from Missoula, as well as Charlene and Ballet Beyond Borders, to look forward to bringing the work that we do here to military veterans, to dancers, to artists in 2024 for a project. So Missoula has become a bit of a uh, center of influence in terms of reaching out beyond our borders to many other parts of the world because of people like you, Charlene, Ahmad, and many others. And, you know, the, the, uh, the whole Beyond Borders thing. Yeah, <laughs> where'd that come from? Uh, it, it, I have to step back and sometimes I just shake my head in awe with what this community offers and what it has done. And you being a part of the show today is just another reinforcement of that. As, as you were talking, I got this image in my head of Charlene dressed up in Charlene's wonderful fur coat and, and fashionable clothing, dipping into a telephone booth and coming out in a superhero costume with diplomacy plastered on the right, front. Right. She really is a superhero with the stuff that she is able to bring together to this community and share so much. Yeah. Now, uh, well, tell us a little bit more about the Diplomacy Conference, because I think this is something that, that people would want to know more about. Uh, the Diplomacy, well, let, Roman, let you talk yeah, about please that. Do. Please do. Uh, the Diplomacy Conference is incredible. It is happening. Um, I believe it's on Thursday, but I'm sure you can correct your listeners if I'm wrong. Thursday morning, 9 a.m. at the University of um, Montana. And researchers are coming together to share the different things they are doing within the arts. So it's easy to think about dance and it's easy to think that dance just puts shows on stage. But what your listeners can actually come and be a part of is learning how people like me are connecting dance in the military. People like Ahmad are changing minds around the world with his experience and the things that he continues to do and then other initiatives to use movement dance music and art in helping people afflicted with parkinson's or taking art from cuba to the u.s it's an international meeting of the minds with a lot of wonderful interaction, wonderful engagement, and some great topics covered. Robin, I want to say thank you for being with us. We appreciate it. It's been such a pleasure. A true pleasure. Thank you so much. Semper Fi, my friend. All right, but, yeah. <laughs> all right Bob, so uh, when um, you, you, we'll be doing this tomorrow. We'll be doing this tomorrow. We've yeah. got some uh, very interesting guests from Pakistan. 
So uh, the story continues. All right. Uh, so, again, uh, the telephone number is 721-1290. We would love to hear from you tomorrow on on Talk Back. We didn't have very many calls today, but we'd love to hear from you. That's okay. This is great information. We want you to be a part of it. Uh, now, uh, again, coming up on tomorrow's fabulous uh, uh, family show, as Nick would say, it's, uh, it is uh, more of Ballet Beyond Borders. Uh, listen, it's very foggy out there. It's, the roads are very, very slick, so shifting gears here just a little bit. I want to ask everybody to please be extra careful out on the roads. We want to keep you around. I will see you tomorrow morning at 6 for Montana Morning.